too. Is this working? <coughs> yes. <laughs> I made fucking pasta for dinner with some sauce that was like way in the back of the fridge. And it smelled fine, but then I made it. I fully made it. Like I made, I put like sausage in it. I like did this whole thing. And then when I like it was getting ready, I'm like, I, I should taste this. And I tasted it and it tasted like shellfish. <gasps> and I was like, I don't think we should eat this. But I, no. ate, I ate two noodles before I decided. I was like, is it, did I just get a weird bite? Is it the sausage that I put in there, you know? And then I ate another bite and I'm like, no, this is bad. And I just put it all down the garbage disposal and started again. Oh, no. But I was like, oh, my God. Why do you think you're going to have diarrhea? Uh, Because I had um like a gnocchi and pork thing and I never eat pork so I like oh, oh. but it was so fucking I mean I do I, I'll eat you know like sausage and stuff and yeah. that's what it was it was like a sausage situation yeah and it's just it it my stomach is really bubbly so yeah mine also I think I'm getting my period so it's also mm. like period cramps mm-hmm. which also periods give you diarrhea also mm-hmm. so it's like the double diarrhea I love it it's so I fun should, yeah I almost ate ice cream for the trifecta but I said I'll wait till after yeah, like you wanna, you wanna ensure that your diarrhea comes after the yeah. recording. Yeah, I like that after work D diarrhea. Oh my god! Oh right. geez, should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh my god, it's been too long. Too long. We're a mess. Uh, Why? Too long. Too long doing this. What? What? But I saw you a bunch during the break, but just like too long doing business. Well, no, I I, I mean, like all my shit was like not together. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just took Erin like a full 20 minutes to set up her (laughs) her situation. Yeah, Um, it's all good. Yeah, we don't usually. Yeah, when we do Patreon stuff, it's like a little bit of a different setup. So I'm like, oh, yeah. what am I doing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's also, up? Also, that Karen? was a full two weeks ago. This is Nicole. Um, welcome to Do That's Fucked Up, the podcast. Yeah. Welcome We're back. back. <gasps> We're back. Welcome back. back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> I am just so happy to be yeah. back. Oh, my God. It's so fun. It It's... I didn't want to do the work part of it today, but I but I know. I'm having fun now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, um, I was saying like doing the research for this episode made me a little sad. Me too. I know. Like I, I got I, bummed out. I know. I got really sad too, and I was just like, oh, I was like, am I gonna cry during this? It's possible. I know. It's we still know. possible. Yeah, we don't know what's yeah. gonna happen. Um. Yeah, we had I mean, so much stuff has happened. Like we've been off for the past month. Um, yeah, we just, uh, you know, we just have been, you know, doing summer stuff. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of stuff has happened since. Then. Oh my god, so many things happened. We were because also like we were gone for a long month. It wasn't like f- just four Wednesdays. It was like a full five Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, so yeah so sorry if you missed us we missed you guys or talking at you guys like yeah um and you know we've been on the like on our patreon discord so it's like we've been like 
still like in the mix but yeah it's just been weird not you know having an episode every week so yeah I hope everybody's good and I hope uh, you have had a pretty good summer so far despite all the fucking crazy shit that's going on in the world my god dude what, what crazy it- weather crazy events <laughs> Mitch McConnell keeps glitching he's he's just <laughs> I saw somebody like I don't know I forget if it was like on Instagram or on Twitter or what but they were like Every time Mitch McConnell freezes, it's like he's getting a glimpse of what happens when he he dies and goes to hell. <laughs> oh, because he looks so scared. Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> uh. Uh, it's so it's I I don't know what is happening with that man, but do I care? No, I care in that I hope it's over soon. Whatever that means for him. He did, like what? Like, I hope he's retired or what have you. It's the craziest thing that these old people, like, no disrespect to old people, but like, when I am in my 80s, I do not want to be picking up a pen. I don't mm. want to be fucking doing shit. I'll keep my brain sharp by like being. I don't know, playing crossword puzzles, crossword puzzles and yeah. brain games and shit and talking to people. I want to have my little hobbies. I want to go into my little art yeah. studio and shit, but I'm yeah. not going to be like working for the government. No, I'm not <laughs> going to be making decisions on behalf of tens of thousands, if not millions of people. Yeah, no thanks. The fuck? I know. It's unhinged in a bad way. I yeah. like unhinged things in a good way. Th- it's a bad way. It's this like is bad. We're all suffering yeah. for it. Like, yeah, totally. Please just retire. It's OK. Like what is you- wrong with that generation? Is it because of like fucking World War Two and the Great Depression and shit and their parents like passed down trauma? Like, yeah. stop working. Stop. Give the jobs to younger people who need to fucking pay for their families to survive. It's just like such a God complex mixed with like the, you know, weird American uh, like work ethic of like killing yourself over a fucking job. Like, (laughs) I know. What are we doing? You know, I know. I mean, I'm doing it right. I'm just working part time and doing this. It's easy. (laughs) It sucks, man. It's like, oh, you either become a politician and become a corrupt garbage person and you're like totally fine because you have millions of dollars yeah after like squeezing you know like working basically getting all the things passed that you want your that you get your side hustle from yeah and then or you're just like a normal person and you're just like I'm just trying to survive hello please oh my god please government don't let me die from a highly curable and treatable illness yeah, uh, in a, a hangnail. Yeah. <laughs> if I die from a hangnail, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Also, does Mitch McConnell have like a gambling problem or something? Like, why is he like do, he has money, right? Like, what is what is the secret? We what is the thing we all don't know of why he hasn't retired yet when he's clearly having like medical emergencies and they're on camera and he's not probably just having them then. No, like, that no. I, there I think must be happening all the time. Yeah, so, some people are saying he's having like mini strokes or whatever. I don't think it's like fair to like diagnose somebody over yeah. the television, but like whatever it is, it's clearly not good and it's scary. And it's like if that was my grandpa or my dad oh my God, or something, yeah, I'd be like, 
I'd be in shambles trying to get them to stop and yeah. fucking chill out. Like true, if that's your grandpa and you, yeah. what if he dies like on TV? On TV, that's so and, like, upsetting. Traumatizes everybody. I know. Oh my god, it's traumatizing just watching this happen to him because it's like it's like as much as I hate him, as much as I think he will not see heaven uh and we'll go do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars straight to hell um yeah. and he sucks ass as a human i still yeah. don't want to see and he'll a- be sucking ass in hell yeah exactly <laughs> like i still don't want to see a, a person a, another human being like having a, a struggling you know in distress having, in distress yeah. like yes yeah. it's, it's it's horrible so it really humanizes um, him for me which i have a problem with <laughs> Speaking of never seeing heaven, us. <laughs> yeah, that I already. I don't care. I'm fine. I don't think it's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But aside from that, aside from Mitch McConnell glitching like twice within like a fucking month, Dude, basically. We yeah, have, yeah. Anything good? Oh, I took Jack to Disneyland. <gasps> DJ and I took Jack to Disneyland while we uh-huh. were on break. It was so yeah. nice. Yeah. Very delightful. We, it, I think namely because we waited till he was five and we didn't bring Damien. So, we <laughs> could, like, yeah, we could, you know, we could go on rides and like Jack is like a trooper and he's cool and like went on all the the all the rides, all the rides that he that literally every ride that he could he was tall enough for we went on yeah which is like all the rides almost all the good ones yeah yeah the only ride that he wasn't tall enough for was the the um roller coaster in california yeah the incredible coaster Incredi- yeah coaster yeah um yeah that was fun and then pete and i got to come meet you guys and mm-hmm. have so much fun it was so special it was so much fun that was really yeah. really cool yeah and your kids had, well, Jack had a birthday and Damien's almost had a birthday, but they had mm-hmm. like a birthday party. That was really fun. Yeah. Well, we had a joint party for the boys. It was really yeah. fun, really hectic, really crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, I was so busy. There was a um, a woman who was doing like airbrush tattoos and all the oh adults were God. just getting hella tattoos. <laughs> It was so wild. <laughs> it was so fun. It was just a good time. And it was outside and it mm-hmm. was like, you know, uh, the weather wasn't too hot. And it was just so nice to like hang out and and have fun. It was. It was great. And yeah. like it was just like very kid oriented, you know, it was just like, yeah. what does a kid want to do? They want to fucking they're not going to eat. I don't want to make food. Yeah, uh, no, no. They want to play. They're all they're they want to like play. Yeah, they want snacks. They want to jump in the pool. They want to like yeah. go ham in a fucking moon bounce. Yeah, done. You know, great. So it was, it was perfect. It was so fun. Um, yeah, we did. We just um, we had a great time, and it was it was lovely. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then, of course, like, back to like sad times. Um. Yeah. We lost some celebrities in the past month that we, mm-hmm. there was like a lot of people I think were hit pretty hard by um, Sinead O'Connor dying. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like such a like fucking punk, like yeah, cool fucking person who just like never compromised her beliefs and yeah was like i don't know it was like an intense 
cool person. And I don't know. We need people like that in the world as much as they fucking make it (laughs) uncomfortable for other people. It's like, yeah, those truths need to be said. And so she was a a definite truth teller um, and didn't give a fuck about how she came across. And yeah. So. I didn't even know, like, I didn't really know anything about her, you know, until oh. she died. And people were talking about, like, I, I I, I knew she, like, ripped the picture of the Pope and it was, like, a protest on SNL and stuff. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I knew she was an interesting person and obviously very talented. Um, but I didn't understand, really, or ever, like, look into how she was, like, ostracized and mm-hmm. got in a lot of trouble for that and was, like, very pro-abortion for Ireland and, like, trying mm-hmm. to help, you know, that trying to help with civil rights in her, in her country. Mm-hmm. And so that was really fascinating to me. And, I, and, and then, you know, it was like, oh, man, that's so sad that yeah. this woman – I never even realized – was ostracized you know and that was it's kind of like what has happened to a lot of women in the 80s and 90s honestly like that dared to speak out about anything they're just kind of like crushed yeah yeah so agreed yeah yeah she was a she was a very special person very interesting person and yeah yeah um and then uh bob barker just also recently passed away i thought he was already dead I know a lot of people did. I, I thought me, I would like, didn't know. And then he passed away at 99. So yeah, that's like, he lived a long life, but like, yeah, I feel like he was such a big part of my childhood. Yeah. You know, just watching prices, right? Like every single morning that I could. Yeah. Like, when you're homesick from school. Yes. Yes. It's like, the you best get, you get oh, a ginger ale you get your saltines oh, oh. you get your fucking blanket on the couch and you mm-hmm. are locked in watching prices right i swear to god if i ever went on prices right i mean i i feel like an expert like you should go on it's here i know but i don't want to stand in line i know that's, <laughs> no it's like oh. tape all day and they tape like multiple mm-hmm. it's like one studio audience for like a whole week's worth of shows so you're there mm-hmm. for like a while yeah Ugh. lines gross yeah i know but yeah i he was definitely i i when pete told me that i had to be like are you sure it's not like when gene wilder quote unquote dies every few years and everyone's Mm -hmm. like oh no willy wonka died and you're like he's been dead for a while yeah a while now yeah Um, i was like are you sure it's not one of those things he's like no i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah no he was like i feel like his um I think it's like one of those things of where once the news hits, it's like all of the news outlets have this like perfectly crafted obituary. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like very comprehensive. And it's because it's like this man is 99 years old. Yeah. It could happen oh. at any moment. Like we got to have this on standby New York Times or whatever. Like, Oh, <laughs> I feel like once you reach a certain age as a celebrity, yeah, there's already an obituary for you already queued up especially if you're like a super famous person you know yeah like oh know what the thing i thought of next was and made me so sad Mm. i was like oh no is the next person to die dick van dyke i'll be so sad that man has been through it yeah 
He is old too. He's very old. Yeah, I think he's quite old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like this generation of of people that yeah, you know, it's it's such a it's such a privilege to age and like be grow into old age like this. Um, like Bob Bar- Barker did, and he was such an advocate for, you know, uh, making sure like animal population was controlled like his famous oh. line was have your pets spayed and neutered at the end of every uh show oh yeah he was like he was like very animal rights like activist minded he like refused to he used to be the um miss universe pageant host oh. um and he resigned when they refused to take uh there was like a a, a sec like a, a Thing that they did where they had like the women come out in fur coats mm-hmm. and he was like don't I don't I don't like that I don't like yeah. that like fur is not the one fur is murder fur is murder yeah mm-hmm. and he was like no I'm I'm good like he I think they stopped for like one pageant and then they like brought it back and he's like all right bye so oh, good for him I, yeah I love someone with conviction mm-hmm. yeah Then I think the biggest loss, uh, the biggest celebrity loss, and I think in our personal opinion, maybe yeah. all year, and this this happened, the it happened at the end of July or was like the last. It was like July thirty some, I think thirty first or something. Mm. But we'd already gone on break, mm. and when this happened, um, I think this is like one of the biggest losses that we've had in a long time is uh, that of Paul Rubens. Ugh. Um, aka Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And so we're going to dedicate this episode to him and all the weirdness and loveliness that he was. Oh, yeah. It was, I know I cried. It was weird. I was like, mm-hmm. why am I crying? Um, but also, I think I was emotional because of how all of my friends reacted. Yeah. You know, like all of my friends were so sad too. And I was like, oh. Yeah, because, like, he was our childhood, and he was such, like, a, he was such a a nostalgia hit, and, like, like, I'm sure this is true for you as well, but it's, like, uh, that's one of my earliest memories, is, like, crawling into my parents' bed, you know, in the, on, in, on, like, a Saturday morning, and they'd put Pee Wee's Playhouse on for me, and me and my dad Mm -hmm. would just, like, giggle and laugh, and, you know, my mom was into it, too, but... My dad loved it. It was like such a, a like niche and and a, a period of time. It's like you either were into it or you weren't when you were yeah. a kid. I feel like yeah, it's um, it was like you either were watching Pee Wee's Playhouse or like you know Care Bears or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I think it's just like it was a very uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was like a very specific very like millennial specific I feel like and, yeah, like, and like Gen X are... kind of yeah yeah like vibe that I just like yeah I think we kind of all like you're you're gonna I think you were gonna say we all built our like like humor and comedic mm-hmm. sensibilities yep. around yeah like our just, little personalities were like formed from that just like the weird sayings that he had I know you are but what am I like uh-huh. Uh, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? Yeah. Like the fruit salad. Um, just like having, just even the aesthetic. Like mm, think oh. about 
how how like what a snapshot in time his set was and how a lot of things right after that were followed like fall into the category like Lisa Frank is very Pee-wee's Playhouse you know like they're like very col- colorful very bold and the 80s were that in general but they're but also like cartoonish mm-hmm. and surreal and I weird like, I feel like that's like an aesthetic that's like coming back around in trend oh. you know and it's like yes I fucking love it I'm like oh it's well and it's very camp like it's very camp it's very like it's very just maximalist and just colorful and fun and irreverent and and that was the set of the show and it was just like it very much appealed to a kid's sensibility and I think one of the things he so about Pee-wee's Playhouse that he had said was like he did not set out to make it like an educational show by any means. It was just simply for kids like to like for silliness and to yeah. like for kids to like experience creativity and art and like weirdness yeah. in a way that was like accessible, you know, and, yeah. and and I don't know, and like spoke to I think your dad loved it. Like I right. think you know, like a well, lot of adults layered. loved it. It was layered. Yeah. There was yeah. jokes for adults in it. It's kind of like I read somewhere today, like it's what Pixar does now where mm-hmm. there are jokes that are sometimes a little naughty mm-hmm. that a kid won't notice. Mm-hmm. And nobody, uh, you know, on paper, it's fine. But it's like culturally we know what the inference is and then an adult will laugh at it. And that's kind of also what Pee Wee's Playhouse was. It was like my dad loved it because he was getting the the kind of like you know naughtier jokes and I loved it just because it was loud and colorful and silly so uh, you know it's like it was something for everyone it was so great I yeah like I feel like when I think of growing up in the 80s I think um what a lot of people don't understand about growing up in the 80s like some of my first like real you know, sentient moments where there was like a lot of browns and ugly shag <laughs> carpet. And then when Pee Wee's Playhouse came around, I mean, it was like, it was like, well, it was like the beginning of the 90s. Yeah. And it was like this bright breath of fresh air where it was just like, boom, in your face. And it was like, so loud and fun and like boisterous in the best way possible. And it was just like, this is this is it I don't know and so when I think of that like growing up that was like it was it was like a light switch like flipped on and everything was bright and rainbow and technicolor yeah watching that show I don't know it was also well it's also like hard as a kid you know you have to like listen to your parents and do the things they want you to do and you don't really get to pick out your own stuff and you know like I'm sure every kid wants to color the walls of their room and and have big colorful things you can't really do that it's kind of like what you're saying you know and then you watch the show and that's all it is Mm -hmm. like there's no boring bed and comforter and you know it's like all fun and exciting and it's like that's what you want as a kid you want to live in that show in that set because it's just so fun I mean, I want to live there now. I know. I know. Also, also, <sighs> I feel like my aesthetic, I think my 
I just, you know, it's like peeling back the layers too, like as we age where it's just like I'm fine settling into things I like, even if they don't fit the norm or they don't mm-hmm. fit the current trend or what what I someone th- our age is supposed to be yeah into. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so I'm getting really into these artists and stuff and I'm starting to like buy weird stuff that it's just like I like this mm-hmm. I want to put it in my house <laughs> like I'm gonna Being unapologetic I'm gonna about your yeah your, the like, things that you want to surround yourself with. yeah yeah we fucking painted our that wall black in our bedroom I was like I want to paint our wall black and yeah. he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's just do it. Who cares? Like, we could always change it back. Like, it doesn't matter. And it looks so cool. And then Pete loved it so much. And then he put, like, weird lights in there. And now it's, like, a weird, like, kind of metal. Sex dungeon. Yeah, well, it's a sex dungeon. <laughs> but, no, it's, like, kind of, like, goth and metal. And, like, mm-hmm. it's so cool. And I'm like, this, I love this so much. <laughs> like, if it were up to me, I would literally have every room in my house, like, a different theme. Um, yeah. It would be a lot of work. But, like. You know, I, I like maybe I'll start with like a bathroom and make it yeah. like wild, you know, just go crazy. But like, yes. yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. Being intentional and like healing your inner child. Yes. And and going back to this like world of like Pee Wee's Playhouse is where it kind of all started. This aesthetic, this this way of interacting with like because like a lot of the stuff on the set was like inanimate objects that were alive and yeah like, it was so like there was nothing that wasn't and I think it inspired so many like future kids shows you know like I see like influences oh. in you know I watch a lot of kids shit now that I fucking hate except for Bluey that's the only thing that I like Aaron loves Bluey. watch yeah I'm, I'm, Jack finally got into it like I'd been hoping he'd like want to watch it yeah um and he now is obsessed and we've watched like all all the seasons like multiple times now since he's been on like uh, summer break. But anyway, but like I see like Blue's Clues and stuff like that. And it's like this is a poor imitation of Pee Wee's Playhouse yeah. and it could never, you know. Yeah. Well, it's not trying to be that, but I know. It, yeah, it is like. It, it feels like this is wanting to be that, but it's not even close. And like, why are you even trying? And it was like, you know, at the time, Sesame Street was like the the rage. And I feel yeah. like Pee Wee's Playhouse like kind of piggybacked on that where it was like, you're not talking down to children. You are yeah. meeting them where they are and just being fun and silly with them. Yeah. Um, and not trying to like teach them anything which no. was like a like like I said kind of a breath of fresh air so yeah anyway so Paul Rubens is the man mm-hmm. behind Pee Wee Herman and he was born Paul Rubenfeld mm-hmm. um we know him and love him as Pee Wee Herman yeah and I believe he's like and I'm speaking for you too but he's a huge yeah. comedic influence in our lives for sure he I mean like you said like I know you are but one of my or or just ha 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 or, yeah, you know, just, laugh. like, yeah. doing the laugh. Like, that's how I learned to be funny. Yeah. Paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> Never oh. fails to make me laugh. Oh, my God. I was doing it earlier. And I think I'm so good at it. And <laughs> I, like, was doing it for Pete, full commitment. And he was like, huh. like, he was so, because we were watching Pee-wee's <laughs> Big Adventure earlier. Aww. Yeah. And so I, and it's, like, right, we almost finished it. So we got, like, right to that point, And I was like, paging Mr. Herman. 
<laughs> Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. I-, I just love how he moves his mouth and his tongue. Like, it's just so funny. And also, like, watching that movie back. I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, like, he's <sighs> so funny. His facial expressions. And it makes sense. I mean, he's, like, a very well-trained comedian by the time yeah. he makes this movie. But I, I just... I was noticing things I hadn't ever really noticed and appreciating things I'd never really oh appreciated. And yeah, yeah, I need to watch. I haven't watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure in a really long time. You're I need gonna love to watch it. it. I because I need to know if I can if Jack can watch it. Yeah, there's I, parts that are scary think, for kids. Like Large Marge is like scary. And or like the clown the, when his bike clown. gets stolen. Yeah, there's or like a couple the parts. clown surgeons. Yeah, like there's. Oh, my God. But, okay, wait. I have to tell you this before we go any further because I thought it was so funny. There's so many funny lines in it that (laughs) just are, like, so stupid. Like, when Simone and him are in the dinosaur and they're watching the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you have any dreams, Pee-wee? And he's like, yeah, I'm rolling a giant. He's like, I'm alone. I'm rolling a giant donut down the street and a snake in a vest. And then she, like, cuts him off. Like, no, not that kind of dream. And I'm like, those, all those little, like, thing, like, I'm alone. I'm rolling a giant donut down the street <laughs> and a snake in a vest. That's what that line is. And I laughed so hard. I was like, this is so funny, these specifics. What a funny joke, too. Like, she's having this sincere moment. And he then describes in an earnest and sincere way. A dream that he A literal dream, yeah. And that is also why the character works so well. Like, Mm -hmm. he is... He's teasing half the time, and he's very sincere half the time. And like you said, he's never talking down to children, because he's not... I think when people first watched it, they're like, is he... Does he have, like, a... Like a... You know, a learning thing? Like, what... what Why is he an adult that's acting like a child? Is he, like, Mm -hmm. stunted in some way? What is happening? And it's like... No, he just is like embracing uh, his like inner child, and, and he's just being sincere. And it's just like it's that thing of where when you watch a movie, you just suspend belief, and it doesn't yeah. need to make sense. It doesn't need to be like this all perfect, you know, yeah. Marvel movie or whatever all the time. It's just yeah. silliness, and that's it's that's what it is, you know. Oh. Yeah. So I love it. I want to, yeah. I just want to watch it in real time right now while we Ugh, do this. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. I, I think he was the epitome of somebody who was just so undeniably comedically brilliant. It was impossible for him to not become famous, which it's his entire, like his life story, like leading up to it is just like, it, it, it it's, it doesn't seem probable like in today's world this this I don't know like I think he would still make it you know what I mean like oh. even as hard as it is no because it's not even that he's like this great comedic talent he's an art like he's an he's artistic an artist. talent yeah. he has a vision and he's able to execute that vision and that's because he was a good clear communicator mm-hmm. and a kind person and he wasn't mm-hmm. doing this stuff to be famous or to like he was doing it because he genuinely loved to do these things and and execute these visions and make people laugh and give people joy. Yeah. Like he was just a joy seeker and a joy yeah. giver. Mm-hmm. And like that's what 
like especially peewee's big adventure is it's just mm-hmm. joy yeah and, and i think i think like as kids you know i don't know how like i'm sure a lot of adults at the time probably like saw this and were like what is this like obnoxious shit yeah you know yeah, 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 yeah. and they didn't like it was just too silly for them to get and i think like our sensibilities as children or as you know anybody who was watching it who like understood the 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 comedy you know it it was like it was so genuine i guess yeah yeah, yeah. like there's something like so authentic about him and the way he would play this character so anyway good acting it's good, good acting. acting. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, I wish he would have been in more stuff. We'll talk about why that was in a little bit. But like, yeah. um, he was born into like a pretty straight laced Jewish family. His dad was actually a fighter pilot. Um, he like basically helped start the Israeli Air Force. Um, Dang. And his dad was like is part of the like Air Force team that basically saved the Israeli army during the 1948 Arab-Israeli war which is wild like it's just like a little tidbit um that I like fixated on of course while I was like researching this I was like holy fucking shit um like this man came from that it's so wild um that's how that happens though mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's like your parent is on one end of the spectrum and then you find yourself on the other end yeah and he just like Growing up, you know, his parents were just like normal, like, yeah, <laughs> owned a lamp shop and were like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, pretty. There is like successful, like middle class people. But, you know, he just was like on another level already, I think, from his family. So it's very yeah. interesting. Like gravitating. Well, so I th- he was born in the peak skills in New York, but then um, his family moved to Sarasota um, when he was like a young child and s- started their like lamp store business or whatever and mm-hmm. just were like a normal family like uh, you know middle class family just doing their thing and but the weird thing was that in Sarasota at the time P.T. Barnum's circus would come every winter into mm-hmm. their neighborhood and like wait out the winter with the families the animals and animals and that they traveled yeah. with yeah like their act and they'd like you know it was ready for their next season yeah yeah Yeah. they're like in rehearsals all winter or whatever and so some (laughs) of his neighbors were like the circus performers yeah Yeah. like the people getting shot out of cannons and shit like and he was fascinated and so he'd get to go and watch and like you can just see how that's an influence on his on his sensibilities the circus of course of course i mean big top peewee of course but also um also during this time he was a huge huge fan of the the very like pioneering children's show howdy doody which Mm -hmm. for anyone who doesn't know that was kind of like a quote-unquote variety type show with a puppet there's like a man and then howdy doody is the puppet and they you know there's like a, a live kid audience and they interact and their segments and stuff and that my dad loved that too and mm-hmm. I'm sure your dad did too and it ran from like the 40s to the 60s so it was like and it was you know we didn't have a lot of programming 
No, that was then. like one of the the only. That's it's it like for kids. Kids watched that and like the Lone Ranger. And, yeah, you yeah. Because Sesame Street didn't come till the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had Howdy Doody. But also, okay, this is a fucking side tangent, but I had to bring it up because it is wild. Today, I was like, okay, I'm going to Google Howdy Doody because I want like a more official description of the show instead of like a variety type children's show. <laughs> um, I didn't get it because I got very distracted when I saw that all, you know, like when you Google stuff, it's like news comes yeah. up first. Yeah. Okay. Some asshole in Nebraska was pulled over literally hours ago from right now. I saw this too. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. He had he had a pet bull, like the animal, a bull, a full grown pet bull with huge horns like long huge long horn steer yeah and he had like modded his car and it was just like a sedan it's an oldsmobile i think okay yeah he he modded it so that the fucking bull could ride shotgun in his car and he's been doing it for like the last seven years he welded like a piece to the side so the bull could stand on it it's like a cage (laughs) like before you know that like you're at the rodeo before the bulls go out onto the thing it's It's like like one of those with like Oh my, it's like, it's like a cage. Old mobile, old mobile. It's like a cage on one of those like ladders at Home Depot that can move around <laughs> on wheels. It's like a short version of that with like a little cage around it. And he cut off the side of the car, so it's like part in the car. Yeah, it he's is... like half in the car, half in oh this my like God. cage thing. Oh my god, I was dying at the pictures. Of I this. was. <laughs> I was like, this. How is this right now? But then I, but then I thought, oh, this is like a little wink from Paul Rubens. I and think I like, so. That's so cool. Like that's such a sweet Only little. Only because he would you be were delighted. Research, you were researching Howdy his, Doody for how him. much you love Howdy Doody. I know. And then you got then this news story this popped up. Totally wild thing, and I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. I kind of want to cry, man. That's <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know if it actually is, but it made me feel. I like, choose to believe it is. Yeah, it made me feel like oh that he would love this little adventure I just went on yeah. and be like and it would inspire him in some way I feel like oh sure yeah you know Absolutely. like you could see that as a gag in one of his movies or whatever 100% 100% yeah um and then I was so sad too because he was distraught when Howdy Doody ended like it was a very like pivotal moment in his life he was eight years old and he there's a quote from him and he said I remember sitting on the floor of our living room watching the last episode just in tears crying sitting there as a really little kid and thinking what kind of world is this that like this thing he loved is just done at eight oh and I just I just love that like he's he during his life had talked about these influences and how I just appreciate so deeply like how you can see these influences on his work yeah 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 like and they made him like like it's all cowboy stuff and circus stuff like yeah it's so and puppets and like it's it's so cool to me that you could like see that through line i know it's amazing he's like and just like the way he dedicated himself to like he was always involved in in you know performing arts in some way you know yeah. all through school whatever i think he like i think he wanted to go to juilliard but i think he got turned down um and he ended up coming out to la to go to college um yeah good and, because yeah. juilliard would have not he would not have they would have like beaten out of him 
what made him unique. The whimsy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause they would have really classically trained him to be a great yeah. theater actor or whatever. And he wouldn't have been able to be so weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe we would have gotten some version of something and he still yeah. would have been famous, but like, who knows how that would have, who knows what yeah. the, what the, that path would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he like was in LA. He did, um, he like started to do like, like comedy stuff. And he, um, he landed at groundlings, which yeah. we've been to. Have oh we, yeah. We've, we've been to together. We've been to a groundling show together. Haven't we? A long when probably when I was taking classes there when we were like yeah. 19 or 20. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a very famous school, and there's pictures of him up in the mm-hmm. lobby, and there's pictures of all the other alumni, um, alumni, yeah, that came up through like the 80s and 90s, like Will Ferrell, Melissa McCarthy, Sherry O'Terry, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, Phil Hartman, Dax Shepard, like it is uh, more of a recent one, but he talks about it, and I wanted to shout him out because I love him so much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's an improv and sketch theater in LA, and a school for that. And he was here going to the California Institute of the Arts, but then he just kind of like found the groundlings and was like, you know, I don't think I need to continue college. I can just go do this, and he did. And it was the hot comedy school in LA before UCB. Which is like kind of the now one, but the Groundlings are starting to get back like to their glory days. There's a huge wait list to get into their program, and yeah. it's really hard. You have to audition into it and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like at the Groundlings, you you do improv to find characters. Like that's the thing. You like mm. start with improv, and you get good at improv, and then you get to start doing sketch. And you use improv as a tool to find characters to write sketches. That's like what their like not their philosophy, but that's like what their style and what their curriculum is. So like to think that he like discovered Pee Wee on that stage just probably fucking around with people like Phil Hartman. And found this funny thing and was able to like nurture it. Yeah, like I have like chills. full body chills. I know because it's just and that you and, stood on that same stage. I know. At some well, point. I've no, I don't think I have, but I've seen. Well, but I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, being in that in that being place, in that yeah. space. Yeah, and like yeah. and recognizing that it was something special too. Because I feel like people maybe aren't aware like when they're doing this stuff oh this would be something interesting or having a friend call it out to you like hey I think this is good because other characters that started there are like the Spartans like Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry the cheerleaders yeah Spartan cheerleaders from SNL mm-hmm. Elvira mm-hmm. came from the groundlings Romy and Michelle was like kind of I, I think Lisa Kudrow was a groundling so like mm-hmm. that was kind of developed there all these amazing characters and like yeah Pee-wee was one of them and he honed it as a stage show for like a couple years until HBO came and they were like we want to give you a special that's which fucking the dream dude yeah dude the dream the fucking dream dude the fucking dream I think you know back in the 80s like especially the early 80s HBO was like very like groundbreaking fledgling you know you had to pay for HBO yeah And it was like, you know, it was like this. It was like what Netflix was like in the very beginning when it started doing their original shit. 
and a lot of stand-up and stage mm-hmm. shows like that. I mean, this is not stand-up, but it's, you know, he was performing it like it was as mm-hmm. a character, you know, but like that's that was cheap for them to produce and they got they broke so many careers with yeah. H- HBO and all their stand-up specials and they still do and so does Netflix. But yeah, I mean, and I think the special did well, but what really was impressive was like when Paul was going to all these late night shows and going and sitting with the hosts in character mm-hmm. and people were like what is this adults yeah. again he's an adult creating content for adults at this time this was yeah. not supposed Pee-wee to be was, for children yeah peewee in its inception and in its very early days was like not for kids it was like yeah. no it was adult humor it was mm-hmm. you know yeah it was that's what it was yeah and I mean, w- you could like watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You're like, oh, this is like childlike, but not for children, really. Yeah. But it was, but not. I don't know. It was like it's, it's like. No, it's it's not for children, really. Yeah. I don't think because uh, in 1985, Warner Brothers like this is still again, like before. I mean, it's kind of in tandem with the uh, with Pee Wee's Playhouse being developed, but like. Warner Brothers was like, hey, we want to make this into a movie. This is really a funny character. Mm-hmm. And so they did. Like, they were, they gave him a job to write this movie, which ended up being Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And it it's, yeah, I don't think it's for kids at all. Rewatching it today, I'm like, yeah. I don't think kids would know these jokes. They're not getting the references. It's scary. Like, like I kids mean, could watch we it w- and enjoy we it. We watched it as kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but I enjoy but it, it more was like, now. It was like edgy when we were watching it cuz it was like yeah. scary. It was like if you yeah. could sit through the large marge part, yeah. As a kid, you were like You're good. You're good. You're a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, ah, that shit's too scary. I don't want to watch it. Like, okay, whatever. Do you think it looks I I still think it looks fun and it's nostalgic, but do you think it just looks janky to kids today? It's like claymation. Oh, yeah. yeah uh-huh. They're like, what is this? Yeah, no, but like for us, like who'd never really seen anything like that, this was like yeah. this shit was like and it was like nightmarish in ways that I don't know. I don't know. Ways that are real. I think yeah. it's like nightmarish in ways that are like real. Well, okay. So this this movie was directed by Tim Burton. And this is his very first movie he ever directed. Mm-hmm. Um, full feature length. Full feature length yeah. movie. Um, like for a big studio. Yeah. And so you, like, you know Tim Burton is a freak. So yeah. this, this movie's got some freaky aspects to it, you know? It's so cool. Yeah, like, uh, so, yeah, they brought Tim Burton on. They, I think there had already been a script. Like, uh, Paul Rubens had started one, and I think he was working. He So he co-wrote it with Phil Hartman, Michael Varhall, and then some other writers. But then Tim Burton came on as the director, and he was like, I think we need to, like, zhuzh it. Yeah. 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 And so after he came on, um, they had to revise the script and uh, Paul Rubin said in an interview once they that they read Sid Field's 1979 book screenplay, which is like the screenplay writing Bible, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend loaned me her copy a few weeks ago and I'm reading it. Uh, 
And so they read that book and then they rewrote the script according to the advice, like to a T. So <laughs> he's quoted as saying, it's a 90 minute film. It's a 90 page script. On page 30, I lose my bike. On page 60, I find it. It's literally exactly what they said to do in the book. <laughs> <laughs> there should be like a MacGuffin kind of thing, something you're looking for. And I was like, okay, bye bike. Like he like literally just was like, follow just a mad lib of a script mm -hmm. almost and then mm -hmm. just because uh i had to remember what this was but in fiction a macguffin is an object device or event that is necessary to the plot and the motivation of the characters but insignificant unimportant or irrelevant in itself so mm -hmm. like it is just a bike but yeah. it is his whole world and yeah. that's established very quickly. So it's that like, is his reason for yeah for being in this in this the, yeah. the whole impetus for the movie. Yeah. Um. So this movie, just everything about it is like so. There's so much. There's so many layers to how like groundbreaking and original this movie was like mm -hmm. we got tim burton yeah first first feature film yep and then fucking danny elfman doing music Dude. if you know who danny elfman is you should know who danny elfman is. yeah he yeah. literally works with tim burton on every single movie mm -hmm. it's like he's written the scores for countless movies that are just like so recognizable and so yeah amazing i mean um, nightmare before christmas is like a, a big one yeah, I, I mean, uh, other movies, too, that aren't even Tim Burton, like, I, you just, like, you hear his scores, and you're like, oh, that's Danny Elfman. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Like, yeah. Beetlejuice, like. Yeah, yeah, all the vibe. Well, that's, that is Tim Burton. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, oh okay. I, I, But I'm just saying, like, you Right, know, right, just big, big I think, movies. I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, he did. Uh, I think he did the uh, the Tim Burton Batmans. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Danny Elfman, and at the time, he was just the front man of Oingo Boingo, which Ugh. is, like, a kind of, like, an indie-ish band. Like, it's I love not, Oingo Boingo. Yeah, oh they're very fun. Dead Man's Party, listen oh to God, it. So good. Um, but he, he didn't want to sign on to this, because he'd only done... Uh, one other he'd scored one other film and it wasn't like a big movie and it was kind of like a really small camp indie film that's mm -hmm. like very much the style of the type of work he does but he just ha didn't have a lot of, ex of experience yet but then by the time they started filming he'd already like written a score and had mm -hmm. so many ideas and stuff and so like he's like I'll do it and then uh, like just finding this out like I didn't know Tim Burton directed this film I didn't know Danny Elfman scored it like like you know, if I listened to it, maybe I would. But I just think of, like, all the gifts this film has given us. And, like, what it has been. And yeah, for generations of pop yeah. culture. It has mm -hmm. inspired so many people. Like, this film was the launching pad for Danny Elfman as a film composer and Tim Burton as a fucking film director. Mm -hmm. And, like, think of all the things we got beyond this film. And, like, it's so pivotal. Yeah, um, everybody just, like, popped off after this, like... Yeah. And there's so many iconic moments in this movie. Oh my there's god. There's so many iconic lines. Like <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. There's so much about it. It's just like amazing. Um yeah. I yeah, yeah, we already talked about the like paging Mr. Herbin, and that's like a film within a film and fucking mm -hmm. jo uh 
James Brolin and Morgan Fairchild are like making cameos in it and which is wild to me like they were very famous at the time and it's also like I guess the part where he's like saving all the pets in the pet store fire. The snakes. The snakes. He like actually (laughs) that's like real. He like actually hated snakes and passed out a couple times like leading up to having to do that. Like he was so terrified of having to hold all the snakes. And this movie cost seven million dollars to make. It made 40 million dollars. Like it was a big success for the studio, like beyond what they were thinking it would be. And it didn't have the best reviews at the time but people didn't understand it and look at its longevity at this point you know yeah exactly um yeah it just and so from there after this movie was made in 1985 uh peewee's playhouse like they had the launch pad for that it was like oh we need to like keep making money off this concept and and they did you make it for kids yeah Yeah. and he's like all right Yeah, and he, like, kind of pivoted – he pivoted to making Pee-wee's Playhouse, and, like, that ran from, like, 1986 to 1990, and those Mm -hmm. were, like, very formative years, I think, for us. Like, we were pretty little, and, like, that was, like, when we were very much, like, watching Saturday morning cartoons, and this was – this was the – this was the shit, man. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I I know. Who was your favorite character? Do you remember? I loved, um, I loved Cherry, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) I know. something very comforting about Cherry to me. Um, the actual chair that. Yeah, that's uh, alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. There's just like so much about it that. And like, I'd have to watch it to like, remember all the things that I like, you know, I know, same. I would need to watch it. I I remember Jombie, mm-hmm. um, which I liked, but all it always he always like really freaked me out. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like wanted to watch more. There's th- that was the thing about this is that it was like yeah. nightmarish in a way. Yeah, like it was scary and kind of like intense, but it's like you liked it. You know, it was like edgy and like as a kid, you're like. Ooh, is this like, am I allowed to like this? Yeah. And it was like, I think it's because there's creepy stuff like Jombie who is making Mm. like dick jokes. Like (laughs) there's like a shoe size joke all the time because he's always asking for shoes for Cowboy Curtis or something. Uh And Jombie's like, what size? And then Pee Wee tells him like, it's like 12 double E or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know what they say about big shoes. And then the joke's (laughs) like big feet. But, but Jombie, his face is always like. Mm, like that's not what I was talking about and so it's like yeah like there's like a danger to a lot of these characters but then there's the other characters like Cherry who balance it out and make you feel safe again it's kind of like this oscillating in between I also really liked Terry the pterodactyl that would like fly oh yeah yeah oh Um, my god there's so much I like don't remember about it like I kind of want to like put it on for Oh yeah, Jack. Yeah, and see if he'd be into it. You know, yeah. I think it'd be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, that's why I think he'd be into it because he's like he likes kind of weird stuff sometimes. Yeah, so good. I, th- I think he'd be into it. Oh um, my god. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, it was, and that show was, and you know, it, it was, it lasted until 
like you said, 1990. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to talk about some of the like legal trouble he got into, but he got into some. And uh, it was after the show had already ended, but it was in like reruns. And so they just like ended those. But, you know, after time, his career kind of took a it stalled a bit. Um, and then he came back like, you know, several like maybe 10 years later or so. And he started doing some features and shows that were popular at the time. And he was on in like bit parts in movies. And then he did more serious works. Um, and he had like a whole acting career as Paul Rubens. Like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing him and stuff and being like, wait, is that Pee Wee? Like, yeah, seeing him in Blow. Yes, exactly. Like, blew my fucking mind. I know. Like, I know. That, I still say the line where he, like, hands, like, Johnny Depp's character that huge bag of weed. Yeah. And they go, he and, like, the whatever the guy in the scene, they go, what the fuck is this? And he goes, it's your pot. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, the way he delivers the line, his, like, whole entire that character yeah it's like he's only on screen for you know he's not he doesn't have that big of a role in the movie yeah but my god he is like the one thing I remember from that movie you know like I and that I quote from that movie oh my god I I had that poster in my room but I only ever saw the movie once and I thought it was fine but I was just like oh the poster's sexy yeah yeah <laughs> what a poser I'm such yeah. a poser um but yeah like the and his show eventually came back in like 2006 peewee's playhouse specifically mm-hmm. on adult swim they kind of teased it one night and people were like what is this like people weren't familiar but then millennials obviously were watching and were like wait I remember this and then they aired it for a while like a year or so and it was getting 1.5 million viewers a night and like oh my God. that's that's pretty good for what like adult swim was getting for fucking reruns of a show that was like very weird from two decades ago you know yeah that's wild yeah and then in 2016 they i remember watching this i but i don't remember it being like overwhelmingly wonderful but there he did a um peewee's big holiday mm-hmm. on netflix in 2016 and it was fun and nostalgic, and pe- I think people liked it, and it did well, but, like... Yeah. It just didn't have the same magic, but, yeah. yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. um, Yeah, and, uh, you know, sadly, he, he passed away at um at the end of July. Yeah. And he was 70 years old. He had cancer, and he didn't... He'd been um battling cancer for, I think, over six years, yeah. and... Nobody knew about it, and it was just like I think, um, like reading about all this, it's like he knew that he had potentially, you know, like his his cancer was serious. And when I was reading about like the celebration of life that was held for him at the Skirball Center mm-hmm. in LA, and like a ton of like really just like eclectic celebrities came out to celebrate his life and just like the way it was like set up and you know all the like personal touches from like that were from him like they played his favorite song like um you know and like people spoke and stuff and it was just like very clear that like it was very much uh all 
you know, intentional from him. And like even down to the statement that was issued on behalf of him, like when he passed away, it was just like he was apologizing to people for not being public with his like battle with cancer. And that to me was like very like that was like the gut punch where it was just like, oh, like, yeah, you know. He had been dealing with all this for so long and it was just like, you know, he had this. It's like you want to be private with that kind of stuff sometimes. And, you know, um, but I yeah. don't know. It was just like it was just very sad to 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 lose him and just like lose like a part of, I think, our, our childhood. And, you know, just like this yeah. collective feeling of 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 um, I don't know, just this like huge piece of pop culture yeah I don't know yeah and just I so mean, influential I don't know I know and think of just like how much joy like he brought people and then like we were talking about like what that film did was like a ripple effect in the careers of multiple people to continue joy mm-hmm. like and continue bringing art and and sharing their gifts and it's just like wow someone that was able to do that and and you just I think also it was hard finding that out from like celebrity friends of his who were sharing about him was also just how kind he was and like how close he was to all of them and still wasn't sharing it even you know in the last few months or whatever it was like they'd invite him to dinner and he'd say he wasn't feeling good and they'd be like okay well like come next week or whatever you know and like he just he would just always not be feeling good and yeah that's sad because yeah it's you don't ever want to deal with those things alone you want your yeah you know your people around you but maybe yeah. that he just didn't want to bring anybody down and like that was his yeah. way of dealing with it and it's just oh that's what makes me it's like heartbreaking in a lot of ways but yeah, yeah. he was um he was like best friends with Elvira and yeah. just like I don't know Oh, my God. I bought an Elvira shirt the other day. It's so cool. I fucking. okay. Elvira is another. okay. this is like my personality when I was a kid. Okay, I was obsessed with B-52s. Of course. Like obsessed. I had every single cassette tape like fucking wild thing. Mesopotamia, like all of all of everything. Yeah. Um, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was like part of that, like that that vibe. Yeah. And um, I loved Elvira and like all things spooky. Like this was my personality when I was a child. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> but that's all the good stuff. You should definitely bring all of it back. I'm going to, I think. I, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not holding back anymore. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Also, uh, I love the B-52 so much and I appreciate them so much now that I'm getting older. I love Devo now, too. Like I thought they just had the one song. Rips, oh, my dude. God, dude. So good. No, no, no. I know. There's a Devo cover band that comes to Alex's bar sometimes. It's so fun. No, me and my brother, we had just, uh, we would, we put on like Devo and just like drive around and go ape shit. Like, screaming. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Being idiots. And my parents oh my like, God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's great. I feel like, yeah, all that stuff, you know, like even. Even shows like um, The Crypt Keeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's that? Is that what it's called? The Crypt Keeper? Does that um, have a name? Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. I was like, yeah. not Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tales from the Crypt was 
feels of Pee-wee's it's like it's like campy in that way yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and like Mm -hmm. funny and but it could also be scary and it's more leaning into the scary you know but it's still funny and weird and just i don't know there's i love all that stuff so much i'm really trying to get more into it there's a scene from an elvira movie i can't remember what it is uh where she's like getting chased through a graveyard and she takes her stiletto off and she throws it at the guy and it sticks in his head. (laughs) And I just fucking, I love, I I just think about it. It just like runs through my head all the time. Okay. I have to say this from, cause it, it, uh, I just was like connecting so many dots watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure earlier, but you know, the part where he's riding the bike through the movie lot, like he's, he's the nun and he steals it. That whole sequence is so wonderful. It's just like, a wonderful set piece of the film and I and he is approaching a car and they're filming a music video and it's Twisted Sister it's like <laughs> D Snyder you know on the yeah. on the hood of the car and I was I turned to Pete and I'm like oh my god I remember like when I was older knowing who Twisted Sister was and being like that's the guy from Twitch like that's a real person whereas when I was a kid I was like what is this like this yeah what is this yeah. fake band you know and then I was it made me think of Wayne's World because they have that whole sequence mm-hmm. in the, the second one with the car and I was like oh my god like this is like these things are just like such great tropes because they're always so delightful and I just love these I just love Love I mean, Wayne's I World, these. the whole movie is like all is all, you know, vignettes of different movies. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Basically, true, true. that's yeah, like that's that that movie is yeah. funny like that. So true. Oh, love. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful. I just you know, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about, obviously. Yeah. Um, but this eh. is all an appreciation episode of Paul Rubens. Yeah. And, you know. We loved him. I also, yeah, and I also think that stuff happened, and we kind of talked about this offline, but it's like, it is what it is, you know, what what uh, he got in trouble for. I mean, he got in trouble for being in an adult theater and, you know, doing maybe doing something. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't even look into it. But I remember when it happened and people were, like, so upset, and it's like, we had a conversation offline about, like, how – People have such a hard time like when especially figures that make content for kids are like adults in their Mm -hmm. off time. And it's so weird to me. Like, well, and I think like the him being in the adult theater was like one thing. And then there was like the other thing that happened or he got caught up in like this like uh, this kind of like raid. This happened like across Hollywood. Oh, yeah. This was Uh, years later. This was so in like the early 90s. He was like caught in the theater the adult theater in Sarasota Um, I think and then in 2001 he turned himself in after being accused of quote possessing materials depicting children under the age of 18 engaged in sexual conduct um but it was there was an appeal and his lawyer said police had raided his home and seized a quote historical collection of artwork kitchen memorabilia and adult erotica that included 30,000 items total that are that the offending material consisted of 24 vintage magazines and a single vintage film that were not defined in Los Angeles as obscene until 1989 when the statute Rubens was charged with violating became law. So, oh. like, it's all very, like, 
there was so much material that they seasoned from like like stacks of memorabilia that he collected yeah um that you know and you know I think because he was gay too like there was probably some like added layer of like uh you know extra like I don't know scrutiny that like people placed on him maybe I don't know yeah. there's like some discrimination in that way I sure think. was he um, out I think so I think it was just like something that I don't know maybe I, I don't know it was yeah. just like a thing that was like known probably like amongst people friends. he was closest with and yeah. friends um so I think that was like an added layer of this whole thing where it was like you know yeah and then it got extrapolated into like this thing where he was like you know and it was just it was like not that it was not like he had kitty porn it was like literally like old vintage photos that yeah I don't know like yeah it's weird and and it also I think the larger context was that there was an actor that had been like Mm -hmm. that they were busting and they were trying to like lump more people i think they got a little excited and we're like they had like a sting it was like very like you know very much like a a witch hunt kind of vibe with the the like that he had gotten caught up in with like all these people getting like busted for weird you know and and it was just like he was caught up in it but it was like he wasn't even no one was looking to him for like yeah for having anything until this like weird thing happened and then yeah. they're just like let's see what we could find at everyone's house yeah and you know what they found the Rob Lowe sex tape which he had Ooh, which good for it. him <laughs> I mean I yeah, I don't know the context of that but like I don't know if Rob Lowe I hadn't I didn't even know that Rob, that Rob Lowe know made either. a sex tape until but I, I bet it's hot because it's probably when he was very hot and he's still hot I think he, no I know that's what I'm saying but like you know he was like probably in his like Prime, prime prime yeah yeah, yeah i know oh, oh my god anyway so yeah that's all the like context on that you can read more about that but yeah i think there's like this unfortunate like stain on his memory because of that and i think people should you know get the yeah. full full context of that so yeah anyway well um r.i.p paul rubens you made a huge impact i mean didn't even realize it at the time and it's like one of those things where you don't realize until somebody is gone like how much they how big of a yeah place they had in your memory and in your life I don't know and in your heart in your heart so R.I.P. yeah may his memory be a blessing Mm -hmm. um all right well that's all I got cool Uh, follow us on social media at DTFE podcast everywhere um follow nicole on tiktok oh yes please do it's at nicole mackie right at nicole dot mackie because i had i originally had nicole mackie and then i deleted tiktok because i'm like i'm too old but then i was like um i think i want one again and then i couldn't get it (laughs) (laughs) you played yourself i played myself yeah i'm making uh lots of fun i've been making some parodies they're fun i've been i like have a little green screen set up over here so i, have I love like, it yeah i can record something anytime i feel like it it's great it's great yeah. um make some peewee content maybe i don't know Ooh, yeah maybe i will 
like where I'm in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Or maybe I'm like the genie. Yeah. Yeah. Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> or like make a large Marge. Uh, oh. I don't know. That'd be fun. Like. Okay. Yeah. Make her, make her, like, you know how Disney does the, like, villains history, like, like, revised uh, history? I don't know. Like her origin story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um. Anyway. Okay. Um. Thanks, you guys, for watching and, uh, or listening or whatever you're doing. I don't know. And uh, stay excellent to yourselves. And each other. Bye. Bye. Remember to have your pets spayed and neutered.